What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Middlecoff! Hey, behave! Any uh, trick-or-treaters recording this Niners postgame? Dressed uh, up like uh, <laughs> young Haberman of Middlecoffs? Did you, did you get any trick-or-treaters tonight? Uh, no. You're no. in a hotel. I'm in a hotel room. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I, I saw that I had a neighbor that had had out a bowl of candy pretty steadily the whole week. I just pillaged that. Then I noticed <laughs> another neighbor had one out tonight, but she lives right across the hall, so she could probably hear. So the, my first raid, I took like three Reese's, but I realized I slammed the door oh. pretty loud, and she pro- you know, mm. could probably tell. Then I went out, I went really quietly and grabbed a couple more things. And I looked back out, I got greedy. I was going to go for a third time and the bowl was gone. Because I think I, I, you know, I'm on the third floor. I don't think a lot of kids are coming. She probably got the hint that her neighbor was just eating all of her stuff. (laughs) Maybe she was watching. She might have been. But, I mean, so she basically might just be thinking, did I buy these Reese's Pieces and Hershey's bars just for John Middlecoff? Just for, and, yeah, that's right. Just for apartment nine. <laughs> and the answer is, I mean, yeah, kind of. At least they're going to use, though. I mean, I am enjoying them. Those, God, those Reese's are the best. I, I, uh, I. You take a bite, forget. or you just put the whole thing in your mouth? Uh, I put the whole, I put the whole thing in my mouth. It depends. I mean, sometimes you don't try to make I stretch it out. I'll just never forget nineteen ninety. Uh, 1993 or 94, because that was the year there was somebody in the neighborhood giving out full-size candy bars. And um, that was a real American hero that year. I know that. What, what do you think I'll you'll tell do you this, the- if, you know, when when Haberman buys his palace and you got kids coming, do you think yeah. you'll... I, I think I might go full candy bar. Like, I want to be known uh, yeah, as a badass. So do I. I'm with you. You start doing the math, but I think it's well worth it. Yeah, I mean, who really Especially cares? Especially you can buy, like, Costco or something. You know, it's like... And here's the other thing. I, I, I spend money on that over decorations. 100%. If you don't have the discipline, because you're like, oh, I'll just get a million little Reese's and a million little Snickers, and I'll hand them out. Well, you'll end up eating so many. You'll be like, well, I'm only eating like four Snickers minis. Well, you start doing the right. math. You're like, I just there's 15 wrappers right there. I just ate the equivalent of three <laughs> Snickers bars. I know. 
But you would never eat back-to-back full Snickers bars, you know? That's right. That's but correct. But you'll eat the single Reese's, even though if you go to 7-Eleven, there's only two of them in the package. But you'll just yeah. be like, oh, there's by themselves. I'm just going to have seven. And then you realize, well, that'd be like, you would never go to the store and buy four packs and eat them all in one sitting. Do you, do you think the minis are a little thicker than the bigger ones? The mini Reese's? Yeah. You mean? The peanut butter cup. You think they're like thicker? when you get a mini? I think I think they're a little denser. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah I, little, I, little, I think you get a little more bang for your bite. I would agree, the, but the the ones you buy at like the the you know uh, gas station, they're thinner and longer though. Right, but I don't want that. I want that one bite. The problem with the little with the normal size cup is I just don't quite get enough in the bite. Peanut, I just something's not. I, the density of the bite size one to me is better. What's your? Belief I will tell you, I've on chocolate versus fruity. You know, like Skittles, Starbursts, shit like that. Do you have a preference? Uh, my oh god, that's hard. I mean, I put Skittles ahead of Starbursts, but I'm I put just Reese's if, ahead of everybody. Yeah, if you see like the Reese's and the Snickers and like the. I'm a big peanut butter M&M guy or peanut M&M guy and just like stuff like that. Or you had another one with like airheads, you know, stuff like that. Skittles. I'd probably go the, yeah, I'd probably go with the chocolate. Yeah, I agree. But then like my, my other neighbor the also had some uh, Starburst and I grabbed a couple of those and then I got back and was like watching the third quarter. You start thinking like, these are not bad, <laughs> you know, these are no, chewy no. and flavorful. Do you think maybe you were the subject of a psychology test, a psychology uh, examination? Well, do you think what would it like even a... show that, you know, a 35-year-old guy watching the Niner yeah, game just... wants to eat a bunch of candy? Like, fuck yeah. You know? Just I mean, does, will your, will, if, if not presented with any reason to believe that he's been spotted, will, will a neighbor ever stop stealing from the communal candy uh, jar? What, right? I, what I think would have been a major, major test, if you really wanted to go psychology test, put up a sign next to it that said kids only. Right. Is there any doubt in your mind that I would have had the discipline to walk right by and honor that I sign? I don't think anything, no, I don't think anything would have changed. Could, could you have if they were your neighbor and it said kids only, but it was just a huge <laughs> bowl of stuff? And no, no one's in the hallway. Yeah, to me, I, I would take it out of spite. Like, you can't put that out there and just say kids only as if I'm not enjoying Halloween, too, as an adult. Yeah. You know? It looked like Steph Curry so, was enjoying Halloween after the broken hand. Looks like he's not dead. As Yeah, and he has every right to, as long as we all acknowledge all he did was break his hand. And, he, you know, I don't didn't need to be in the hospital for three weeks. No. I, can I say this, though, real quick? The one Halloween costume I've seen repeatedly in 2019, and I saw it in person on Thursday night, and it's really funny, is the one, have you seen this one, where it's one person, but they have like, it looks like it's a big person holding a little person on their stomach. Have you seen this thing? No. So it's like a sumo wrestler, an inflatable sumo wrestler, and the legs of the sumo wrestler are the person's legs, but then the head and arms of the sumo wrestler is just air. And then the sumo wrestler is like holding a, a small person around his stomach, and those arms are the real, the human arms and the human head. So it, the the person's walking with the sumo legs because the sumo man is holding a littler person whose legs are dangling, but then the littler person 
is the actual person in the costume with their head and their arms. And it's, I saw some guy in the street with it, and it is like it's so funny. That sounds. It's pretty really good. a funny costume. That, it's a really good costume. That sounds pretty impressive. That sounds good. Yeah. So, uh, all right. Niners played Thursday night. We'll get to that. But first, we tell you this podcast is brought to you by Ease.com, EaseWellness.com. The promo code is HAM. Uh, very easy, John. Very easy, as you know. I, Actually, I asked you, I said, "How? what did you think of the Niners, the Cardinals' first drive? I missed their first drive. And you said, you texted me back, they drove the field with ease. E-A-Z-E is how you spelled it. <laughs> They did drive the field with ease. And I didn't put much stock into it because, like we know, you should drive the field with ease.com. And I would imagine many parents all over the Bay Area, all over California in general, used ease.com for their delivery today. THC, pre-rolls, vapes, uh, gummies, edibles, you name it. They got it. Check it out. Ease.com and type in that promo code HAM. Then if you want a little CBD, you go to easewellness.com, promo code HAM. Best CBD in the business. Again, the CBD delivered to your house, easewellness.com, promo code HAM. Ease is like Uber Eats. They will drive your house, your apartment, wherever you live. Come find you. It's really easy. Check it out. Tell your friends. Promo code HAM. Uh, get you 20 bucks off your first delivery. Podcast also brought to you by mybookie.ag. Promo code there is HAM and the numeral 1. HAM numeral 1. They'll double your first deposit if you would like it. You could also decline it. The best lines, the fastest payouts. That was not a cover tonight for the 49ers. Well, I read before the game Thursday that the, uh, tonight was a pros versus Joes. All the Joes were taking the Niners. And all the and I almost tweeted up two scores and the Niners had the ball. I'm like, well, the, it's not like the pros are all Warren Buffett. And I, and I held off. I'm like, you know, there's a lot of time. It's been a weird game. And, but in fairness, like, it's, the pros aren't the richest humans in America if they, if they were such pros. But – it did have a weird feel tonight before the game. You're like ten and a half, short week, uh, and you got to give the Cardinals credit. They definitely uh, they definitely covered. How about the Nationals though? Last night, you could have got them before the game at like plus one twenty just to win that game outright with you know Scherzer on the bump. And uh, it's one thing I regret is not putting a little more cash on the Nationals when that series started. I felt like they were a team of destiny. Uh, like we'll get to some games later, but sneaky game you like Broncos plus four at home against the Browns this week with Brandon Allen under center, John. Th- that that would be the one things that uh, one thing that gives me pause, guy would be the quarterback uh, that you know six rounder making his first start because Flacco either has a sprained neck, broken neck. I love it when like they're like, yeah, we'll we'll decide next week if we're gonna put him on IR. You can tell they're just over Flacco. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I've almost convinced myself that that Brandon Allen's not going to win a game in the NFL. But at home, mile high, I'd say the game I like the most, guy, is mm-hmm. uh, Jacksonville. It's one of those classic West Coast six thirty a.m. kickoffs, and uh, which means playing, London. They're playing in London. The Texans. They're getting two points. So are they just saying it's a neutral field, and they think the Texans are two points better? Or would that have been the same line that if they were in Jacksonville? You know, the Texans, they, they had an injury list came out. I saw today on Twitter. I mean, a ton of their guys are hurt beside, like, Watts obviously gone. I don't know. I, I Maybe it's just I'm drinking the Gardner. He was another. Did you notice on social media today? A lot of people over the throughout the country were dressing up as Gardner Minshew. I did. I saw that. I, did. I saw our old producer, Cody, 
Yeah, Cody County's did it. I saw Field Yates did it. I saw just a lot of people were doing it. Like the Jaguars mm. were retweeting it. I got mm-hmm. another one for you that's kind of a little intriguing guy would be the Bears just desperation mode at Philly, just getting five points. It's just, you know, if they had won last week, it feels like that number would be like three, three and a half, but they just lose just because of a missed kick. Everyone's kind of writing up. The, but you're almost getting like a point and a half for free. Do you think you'll watch the Dolphins like play the Jets? Uh, am I going to be forced to, you think? No, that's no, pretty bad. <laughs> okay, well then, if, if I have a choice. Uh, all right, let's talk about Thursday Night Football. Jimmy Garoppolo, Super Bowl-level quarterbacking, as you told me before we started the podcast. I'll tell you this, man. The thing that seems to be the hardest thing for every quarterback to do, stand in the pocket, read the defense, make throws that are from like unnatural spots because the pocket is getting crowded because you're about to get hit. Quote, unquote, what I like to call a muddy pocket. He does it really well. God, I mean, yeah. he's great at it. He is great with a capital G at it. I don't think there's anything that can give you more confidence when you're watching a player than the pockets falling apart around them. And as a quarterback, they still find ways to make plays. I mean, the guy just makes plays. He, he, guy, he was not trying to overreact here. His second game that he started for Brady against Miami, he had like that first half in that game was just tremendous. I think this is one of the best games. Again, small sample size. He's only what? This is a 16 start for the Niners. He started three, so he has 19 career starts. I think it's the best I've ever seen him play. Because, like you say, you tweeted this. You're like, does anyone throw better right now from a muddy pocket? Or something like that. And then you're like, well, if you do that, you're basically just a really good quarterback. You know? Like, if you right. can do that, yeah. you're just going to be a top 10 quarterback. Like, that's really what separates. We're always like, can the guy be in the top 10? Well, like, everyone can, if you're wide open in the pocket, just fucking throw a dart. Like, Cousins can do that all day, right? Every decent quarterback can play action, wide open, hit it. Like, yeah, Jimmy can do all that stuff, too. But what about when the pocket is just going nuts? That's, like, what makes Rodgers, if you are going to defend Rodgers, you would say, well, I've seen teams throw every fucking thing at him and him make some of the most spectacular plays I've ever seen. And, like, Drew Brees is a little different than Rodgers, but he can just outthink you. And Rivers can just sit in the pocket and deliver darts. And same with, like, when Matt Ryan was really good, he was doing that. And, you know, obviously the Mahomes, the Russell Wilsons, the playmakers. But if Jimmy plays like that, this was the first time I thought I knew their defense was just, whatever, short week. I don't even put much stock into them kind of getting gashed on certain plays. If you're going to win the Super Bowl, you're going to need good quarterback play. Like the year that Foles came in for Carson Wentz, he fl- flipped a switch. You know, they made plays on defense. They did other things. But he was unreal. Like Brady last year makes unreal plays to win the Super Bowl. Like you're going to need your quarterback to just make huge plays on third down. Well, I wrote an article today, and I was just searching around different shit, learning about Jimmy the last couple of days. Guy, you know he's the best coming into this game, and I don't know if much is going to change once all these other quarterbacks play this weekend. He was the number one third-down quarterback in the NFL. The number one third-down quarterback in the NFL, his completion percentage. Based based on completion percentage? Uh, I think it was based on, yeah, based on moving the chain, based on completions to move the chains. 
And tonight they were – now, these weren't all, I would imagine. They were 11 of 17 on third down. Uh, now, some of those, right, maybe three or four of those 11 might have been runs. But it felt like a large majority of them were passes, doesn't it, just off the top of my head. He hits that – I mean, the one that you could tell Troy Aikman kind of got a little uh, hard on for – because and like he said it, he's like the reality is in the spread offenses you don't see many guys like in in my day, you had to throw guys open. It doesn't happen as much anymore. It's definitely changed over the last three or four years. It just the plays aren't drawn like that. That's Cliff Kingsbury. Is is Kyler Murray throwing guys open? Fuck no. Well, Jimmy did it on the one Emmanuel Sanders pass, and, and Troy couldn't start stop raving about it because it really <laughs> is like that's what Peyton Manning and Brady and those guys have made a career of. If you can do that, the sky's the limit because we know Kyle can – I mean, Kittle gets his knee banged, so he's banged up all game. Uh, Coleman dropped a couple easy screen passes. Obviously, Debo had the one in the back of the end zone they dropped. How many – I mean, just – I'm counting three or four drops just off the top of my head, and he was 28 of 37. So what what could he have been? Like 32 of 37, something like that? Um, did he throw a pass after – how did they score their touchdown after Debo dropped the touchdown? That wasn't so Debo, was that the Pettis Debo, drive? Because yeah, Tevin scores, no, it gets no, brought no, back, no. and then he – Debo drops the ball. Then the next play, I think there's a penalty. and On the Tevin Coleman touchdown? That was the, that was the play was that Cliff called the timeout. Well, no, there was a holding penalty on Kittle on one of the Tevin Coleman – on a Coleman touchdown. Yeah, the the play that Debo dropped it a couple plays later, I think that's when Cliff called the timeout. That was at the end. Oh, I'm of sorry, the, I follow that, you. That yep. was at the end of the first half, is what I'm saying. I don't know. So the he exact didn't throw sequence. another pass. Yeah. Uh, well, he threw the touchdown. To, who cut the touchdown? That one, Emmanuel Sanders. You know. On okay. Four, on so yeah, down. he would have been. I'm just trying to re re re. If we give him, we we just got to give him the Debo completion. So, yeah, let's give them the oh, – I see what you're saying. So, Debo completion, and I know that he, they dropped two screen passes. I think yeah. he's he's easily at like 30 of 36. That's right, yeah. So, I think what we just did was made it 31 of 36. Something like that, Even though that, I made yeah. it confusing for a second there. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't think you're stretching. I think we could take a step back as we're recording this after the game, but I think some of what we'll see Friday morning – when everyone's listening to this, I think there will be a lot of was this might have been the best game he played or this was the best game that he's played. Um and to do it on a short week on the road in the division. I know the Cardinals say what you want, but pa- but they got two like, good pass rushers, right? Uh, th- there were people all around him all the time. There were people all around him all the time. Do you think the Niners and a lot and of he- other good teams would take Chandler Jones? <laughs> <laughs> Did Jimmy try to flip him? When Chandler Jones ended up on his back. Did you see Chandler's tweet during the week? No. He tweeted out, like, been coming at Niners quarterbacks for years. And he must have had the video on his phone. Like, I think they must have been rookies. And he's they're shopping. They're just at a Safeway, and Chandler's just shopping by himself. Oh, yeah, I did see that. He sees Jimmy in the aisle, and he comes up. He's like, sir, can I get a picture? And he comes up on him really fast, and Jimmy, and Jimmy starts laughing. It was funny. Okay, start, yeah, I didn't realize thinking, what that like, was. Everyone's like, oh, Bill's hit or miss in the draft. Well, half the guys Bill trades are good. He just fucking doesn't want. Like, he's had these guys. Think about that guy, Bill. Yeah. Bill had the two of the best players in the game tonight on his team, and he traded them both away. 
How about how about the throws he made on the drive that put the game away? And you texted me, you're like, yeah, I would throw here on third and whatever it was, 11. Well, no, I would have thrown on third and six. I, I like that. I didn't love the play call like because once you go empty, it's – I like throwing on third and six maybe with like a bootleg or something so you can drop down if it's not there because the clock is your friend. But then when Emmanuel Sanders or Debo, whoever jumped – Third and 11, I think you could have justified just running up the gut. We'll punt. They got to go, you know, try to pin them. Hopefully they got to go 50 or 60 yards just to have a chance at a field goal. But I like the aggression. And, I mean, I you pay the guy $27 million to make that play, and he fucking made the play. It wasn't – and it wasn't well, not, just And not just made play. the play, but made – no, and made the play with the guy you just traded for. On, on the Sanders. game on the game winner, did he throw? He threw it to Dwelly. Well, yeah, that. But the third and eleven, he hit Emmanuel Sanders. Then he hit Dwelly on a third and nine later. Oh, the third and eleven. Now I'm confused. Like from their own twenty-five. Oh yeah, early in that drive when they got the ball back. But you're I, right. That yeah, there was not a penalty there. It was just. I see what you're saying. Yeah, he. Oh, you're saying he kept the ball like uh, drive away twice. It wasn't like he just got the yeah. one first down on the drive. I, I, okay, I follow you. He got multiple yeah. dr- he got multiple first downs on a drive that they just never gave the ball back, you know, and he he did it and it was imp- it was really impressive. I thought the Dwelly pass though, you're right. The one to Emmanuel Sanders was exactly what you're talking about in like the muddy pocket where he's like kind of standing up. Oh. He can't really step in. That that pass is unreal. The Dwelly pass is much more a little Romo ish, right? Where he kind of like he's jittery. Because he's kind of got yeah. to keep it alive, and then he kind of sees a little lane. For a split second, I'm like, "Jimmy, don't run!" Because there was a guy there. It's like you're not going to make mm-hmm. it. And I, I, for a split second, I'm like, "Well, Jimmy might go like fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger or Rambo here and try to like leap for it and break his ribs." So I was like, "I hope he just hits the ground." And then all of a sudden, you just see him kind of look to his left and just throw a dart. And then all of a sudden, you're like, "Oh, it's not." You're like 85, 82, damn it! And then Dwelly just makes a good play. I, I got to give Dwelly some credit, guy. He, he's he good, man. Good. He's not bad. <laughs> they got him lined up in the backfield. Do, do you think it's just, you know, like NBA teams, you always say there, there's no such thing as a six-man. There's no such thing as role players, you know, when your team sucks. It just has the Warriors right now. You know, on good football teams, and maybe this is the nature, on good football teams, to be good, you're going to have a lot of people contribute. It's not like the Nationals. They won the World Series. A lot of guys contributed. For the most part, Rendon, Soto, Scherzer, and Strasburg fucking dominated. In football, throughout a season, you're going to need, like, you know, gunners to force fumbles, backup corners to pick balls. The 49ers, it doesn't seem like they really have that many shitty players, you know? No, so two things I'll say. One, Howie Kendrick did hit two of the most – like, his combination of postseason home runs is – I mean, on just incredible extra yeah. innings against the Dodgers, and but that, right? but but for the but Howie has been a relatively famous player for, for sure. a long time, for sure. But to your point, Ross Dwelly had four catches for twenty nine yards, no touchdowns. His longest reception went for eleven. If he puts that game together as a member of that, the Miami Dolphins against the Jets, no one even no notices. one notices. But when you do it in big spots. First of all, it says more about you. It's just those are harder. For you. 
you're on a better team, so you got onto the field. Maybe against the Jets as a Dolphin, he has nine catches for 100 yards. I don't know. But probably not. Probably not. Role players on good teams make big plays. Role players on bad teams just make hollow plays. You know, it's all, it doesn't even, yeah, it doesn't yeah, count. Well, it's all empty, exactly. That's a good point. True that. So, yeah, that was the I one just, thing tonight. You know, like, I, I left thinking, th- if this is the worst team in the division, which it is, it shows you how good the division is because this team is way better than, like, the Redskins, the Bengals, a lot of those teams, right? Like, I, I don't think the Cardinals are terrible at all. I, I don't love, no, I, like, I hate the offense, and I texted you, I hate the spread. And I'm acknowledging, like, I'm not acting like it doesn't work or it can't function. I just, like, if I was a diehard Cardinals fan, the thing that would piss me off is clearly Kyler is pretty decent. And this spread is not going to change, right? This is going to be something they're at minimum going all in for the next three or four years, right? Like you're, and especially you're you're seeing it kind of work, so you're not going to go away from it. Like I, you just have to watch that would suck. That's I guess that's my main takeaway. Yeah, I mean the the one thing you watch thinking, did you feel like he could have run more? Uh, Should have well, run more, maybe, well, is the well, better question. I'd say this. When I've watched the last couple games back, I think one thing he already knows is his greatest attribute is actually his arm because it's just he can throw ropes. So he kind of goes, you're right, I, I think in, I think he could always run more because he is just pretty fast. Yeah. But he can kind of keep plays alive Russ Wilson style, but he's got a stronger arm than Russ in terms of like he can just throw like that 20-yard rope and get it to a guy pretty fast. So it almost behooves him, like, yeah, he can get six or eight yards probably whenever. But I think he already has a pretty good feel. Like, if my guys are 30 yards down the field, like, I can fucking hit guys. You know, that's – I think that's the one thing that separates him that, honestly, guy, I left kind of thinking, this guy's not going to go away. Yeah, I don't know if he's going to be mm-hmm. some star or anything, but he – you leave that game going, yeah, this, they got something there. You know, I, 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 I was pretty impressed tonight with him. Yeah, I, my, the, the, I think you're right. I think the, the way I kind of looked at it like was... Like the one touchdown he threw to the Fresno State he, guy was a classic that... Yeah, Keyshawn. Was was that a two-pointer? or was? Oh, that was his touchdown. That was a two-point... Uh, the two-pointer was the no, quick I think, one. It was like a quick out. And they to the same guy, they, yeah. No, they hit it to Drake, and he just walked in the end zone. But the touchdown to Keyshawn, to me, is a classic Russell, where you're like, is he going to run? Was that in the... Where was that? Was that in the back of the end zone? Yeah, he ran all the way across the field, and then he hit him in the corner of the back of the end zone. But Kyler just threw a rope. Because when he throws it, Keyshawn's already probably like 10 yards away from the white. Like, it's not like he's in the middle of the end zone. But he's throwing, you know, 99-mile-an-hour fastballs. He gets there pretty fast. Can't you see Billy watching this game going, God damn, this guy's a pretty good athlete. Yeah, yeah. No, I I, – the way I kind of watched him was if if this team is the worst team in the division for the next three years, four years, whatever, the Cardinals, they're gonna that guy couldn't just – yeah, because like, he can just – in a, all of a sudden it's a close game and he just might make a few – like you give him the ball back, he just might make a few plays. Well, well think about this. He just this. might make some plays and your guys are tired. And that's it, it did feel to me like that the short week started to catch up with their defense, I thought, late. They and they had – they were getting banged up. They were, they were getting hurt. Dropping like flies. Um, but – and it's just now, if you give him an inch, like he can just make plays. So I'm with you. Like, 
Well, he, now, the one thing you would say. Finish. I was going to make a coaching comment. No, no, I was going to go to Kyle and Cliff, so go ahead. Well, I would say this for the Cardinals, where they're already kind of feisty, mainly because of him, but look who they were rolling out. That would be kind of the scary thing. Like, what if they do get some upgrades? Because they're running back tonight. They, As they said tonight, I mean, they traded for him on Monday. So he'd been there 48 hours. Who's their best wide receiver? You know, uh, Keyshawn Johnson. Uh, I mean, Drake had 52 yards catching. I know Isabella had the one catch for 88 yards. But, you know, Larry's Fitz just the ultimate. was their best receiver. He's a role player. Like, yeah. they're, they're not exactly rolling out. Christian Kirk had two catches for eight yards. You'd say the Niners group of Emmanuel Sanders, Kittle, and Debo is way better than anything they got. They would die for, like, a Tevin Coleman. Literally. I mean, they, they probably want it. I mean, they traded for Drake because all their running backs are out. So this – I'm not saying the Niners got lucky at all tonight because they were in complete control. But this team's a little different, right, if that Edmonds guy that had been going nuts and David Johnson. Like, they were missing some people. And you mm-hmm. can see that, like – once they kind of start gashing you a little bit, it keeps you on your toes with that spread. Again, I fucking hate it. And I can imagine Richard thinking, like, God, we don't, you know, this is kind of BS. I mean, we see this once a year, I mean, now twice a year. I, I could see where playing that offense, you're just not as used to the, the spread. You know, I mean, they were legitimately, it felt like a kind of a college four or five wide, which is smart because, but like you said, it's smart if you're going to let him really run, because but he's not really running. So, to me, it kind of neutralizes some of their advantages. Because he probably could have ran. Like, when you watch Lamar, Lamar's always just taken off. Kyler maybe got spooked a little bit because the two guys were the, – the Oregon guys and D got him on the one, uh, the horse collar. I, I think he realized that was on the, on the first drive that you missed. He scrambled, and D Ford fucking caught him. But he, but he, but he was like five feet away. Chased him down, but he grabbed you know the horse collar and and yanked Kyler, and Kyler flew to the ground, and they called the penalty. But I was like, God damn, Kyler's gonna learn fast. Some of these guys in this league can run just with you, and I, I wonder if that spooked him a little bit that he was getting caught, because the Niners' great advantage, right? It, their team speed on defense is not really like many teams, even with their D line. D- I mean, D. Ford off the line is. I think there's a penalty half the time he's in the backfield. So my he, God, why did everyone else stop? Falling like, ass. <laughs> oh my God. And it, like he's. Um, I if you if you sat him down and had a couple of beers, you'd be like, "Is this the best gig you've ever had?" Because he doesn't have to do any dirty work. He doesn't do any like Bosa's back there, like running backs are hitting him on the side. And he's like, "God damn, this is hard." D. Ford is just by himself on an island, and they're just like. Second and long, third and long, that's when he comes in and you just rush. That's all he has to do, guy. And you get paid $50 million for it. It is a good gig. Now he's good at it, so do he's... You, do you... Uh, I, I We were talking about Super Bowl-level quarterbacking. I think we've, we've seen pretty consistently Super Bowl-level coaching. I know you loved just the aggressiveness at the end of the game from Kyle. I going for the touchdown at the end of the first half, knowing you're going to get the ball first to start the second half, too. I love that. Got lucky on that first play call uh, because Cliff Kingsbury called that timeout. But I know you talked to uh, Carson Palmer on the three-and-out pod about Kyle. I just – 
I mean, you remember there was that period of time where all the players were complimenting Kyle and everyone was like, yeah, but you have to be a head coach. And it feels like all that stuff's kind of gone. That, yeah. He wears the sweetest hat of any NFL head coach. He looked, he looked in his He calls sweet the sweetest place. Hey, he does. <laughs> you want to hear what Carson had to say about him? Yeah. Okay, one, one more quick one. You have a favorite offensive coordinator in the league? A guy that you didn't play for, just someone that you watched. That's me, by the way. That you've yeah. known through, you know, acquaintances or former players or former coaches. Do we have permission really to play like this? That you're, and he, he might even yeah. be a head coach because a lot of them obviously now are head coaches, play callers. Yeah, Kyle Shanahan. I mean, what I, I since from his days with Matt Schaub and and uh, and just the group they had um, in in Houston. Um, to what he did when he went to Cleveland for a minute and then now what he's doing in, in San Francisco, you know, he just, the, the run game is so good. The play action is so good. The bootlegs are so good. There's so many, it, it's really hard to find when you're watching an NFL game, easy completions. Yeah. And when you watch the San Francisco 49ers play, there's a lot of easy completions and screens are easy completions. Um, but there's also digs that you can throw and over routes that where the ball's traveling 25 yards in the air that are easy completions because guys are that open. And, and just tune into one, you know, you, you can watch games all Sunday long and wait for the Monday night game where, where San Francisco's playing. And you can watch all day long and see very, watch every game and see very few easy completions, uh, a handful of easy completions. But you see three or four every week every game when the 49ers play. So, being a quarterback, I know how hard it is to throw difficult, very, very... Is that a humble brag? Like, yeah, Carson, we know you're a quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> no. But, yeah, I just... Really quick, my take, after talking to Carson for a while, he's just... He's like a bigger version of Romo. Like, guy's guy, knows a shitload about football, and just players in general, and just... I mean, I think he, and again, I think he's made so much money and clearly he's moved to Idaho. I don't think he'd want to do it. But I think he's a sleeper guy for, like, someone to call games. Just he has the right temperament and he's kind of loose, but he's cool, but he knows his shit, and he, you know he yeah, studies cool. hard. I, I think he'd be good. But clearly these quarterbacks get a – because I think Carson would say, you know, all the plays you were talking about, the muddy pocket throws, he'd be like, welcome to the NFL. <laughs> like, that's that's playing quarterback. That's why you get all this money in the NFL. But they they like, whoa, George Kittle's that open? That guy. Like uh, Aikman was saying on the one Tevin Coleman dropped, at, Troy does not just throw this out very easy. He's like, no, I think, I, I think yes. he might have scored, <laughs> you know? Like, they had it dialed, and he dropped it. It would have been like an 80-yard touchdown. Yeah, and that's – and I think that's where Carson's like, at the end of the game, when Middlecoff and fucking Haberman are talking about Jimmy's game, all you, you, I mean, you talk about the different plays, but you just pull up his, well, he was 30 of 40 for 400 yards. You don't remember that, you know, on that play, Tevin did all the, it was Tevin and Kyle. That That's where the, the screen game that, you know, I think Andy's elite at it, Kyle is you know, I think Andy gets the most credit. I, I don't think Kyle's quite there yet just because he hasn't played in enough of these, like, where everyone's watching. And tonight, I mean, the guy drops it. But the, his screen game calls guy, are, there's got to be as good as anyone in the league. I, I think I have as much 
confidence in him when there's a big when it's a fourth and short or whatever the case is and that's why it was funny to see them get stuffed on that play that didn't actually occur at the end of the first half because it it felt to me so unlike what ends up happening to Kyle do, but, but do you think you like on that one calls, where you just run a pretty basic just up the gut play because I think sometimes everyone wants the bells and whistles do a play action boot corner end zone I think sometimes some of these guys why don't we just run right up the gut and see if we can get it but yeah, when it, when, yeah it doesn't, I just, when it doesn't work, you're like, why'd they do that? But I'm not even saying that. I'm just saying I always have so much confidence in whatever he's about to call now. I just believe it's going to work. Me too. That's you know, It was just so it was weird to see a play in a big moment not work. And he got bailed out. So, great. And then he made something else work. But you're right. Like You think about the number of times Jimmy throws the ball down the field, like 12, 13, 14, 15 yards. And when you can't see the receiver when the ball comes out of his hands. Like, to Carson's point, I just have this feeling, this ball's in the air, this guy's going to be open. I, I, <laughs> and, he, I, and he is. I mean this with all respect to this guy and his teams because, like, if the 94 Niners were my favorite team, these teams were right there with them, even though they didn't win. I love the Harbaugh 49ers. But we didn't really watch the Harbaugh 49ers and think, like, even Kaepernick's big runs, they were running like they're running the pistol. But we've, you and I, have been watching the pistol for fucking ten years before that, right? We'd been seeing it forever. It's pretty basic. It's just hard to stop. We never felt like God. It's just it's like Bill Walsh. They don't know what's coming. It was just no Bowman, Willis, Justin. Those guys are crushing people, and Vic's dominating, and then Harbaugh's just running it down people's throats. This team. I would imagine some of the people that like love Walsh, and you're seeing a lot of these clips because of the Ronnie, I think, Football Life's Tomorrow, and the Walsh clips, and then Montana's like the guy who's just a genius. You kind of get that feel with Kyle because the Niners are really talented, and they got some guys on defensive line. But, the, you you know, when they beat guys up front, maybe every once in a while it looks like Buckner or Armstead tossed the guy, but even Bosa just kind of flies by a guy. It's more, on offense, it feels a little bit like, God, we're just outthinking people every week. Like, that's how you kind of look at Kyle Shanahan. He's just, he's using his mind to outthink you. And, like tonight, Kittle, on the first play of the of offense, gets his knee banged up. And it just, it was hard to tell on TV because he kept coming back in, but people kept tweeting, like, he's on his knees, on the sideline. He's clearly in pain, right? And at Troy... Troy was a little over the top. Yeah, Troy, I think most football fans was doing it. If you're just a fan of any team, you've experienced losing a tackle and it's a disaster. He's like, I don't think people understand. You're on your four. Yes, Troy, we do understand. Like, it's it's remarkable. Literally every football fan's like, yes, Troy, I get it. We've all lost tackles and seen Jonathan Martin version on every football fan for every team. Every single one's seen it. So it's, I will all say, you got to say I, is I don't he's think you can. Don't I don't think, think you can overemphasize that point. <laughs> I, know. I, I know, but you agree that most football fans do understand the severity of losing or starting both tackles. Yeah, but I think why? <laughs> but I think that there, I, I do think we get it. But I think it's one of those things you forget how terrible it is until it happens. Yeah, like we I, don't think about the tackles. No, I would say unless that, they're great or if they're terrible. You could argue these last three or four games. I don't care about the opponents. Guy, they're playing with an AAF guy that actually is making blocks, and even Troy's like, "There's Brunskill again." Like the AAF guy makes blocks. Guy, it's 
you're right. Maybe maybe it can't be overstated enough. It's nuts. How did Kyle Shanahan keep scoring points with backup tackles? I mean, I wrote an article from buddies in the South that have no dog in the fight. Like, most people have him graded as a six-round pick, six, seventh-round pick. That's where he got drafted, so it's not like people look like idiots. They said, listen, like, I, this is crazy this guy has to play. And this, I'm not even talking about the AAF guy. I'm talking about the left tackle. And you just, yeah. he got beat on the one, but look who beat him. It was Joe Staley. And then Aikman was like, I, I, I was like, I hope Staley's like, wife's not watching. He's like, Kyle even told us that Joe Staley, when he's healthy, can't even block this guy. Like, that's a vote of confidence. But, I mean, it's not, obviously. I mean, Chandler Jones is one of the best pass rushers in the league. And, in fairness to Kyle, Chandler's, I think, like, last year, didn't he have a game where he had, like, four sacks against, like, uh, C.J. Beathard or Nick Mullins? I remember being pretty ugly in one of the San Francisco games. But, yeah, it's just, it's a remarkable feat to operate with your two left tackles. I mean, guy, they showed the injury list. It's one thing to just be missing a couple starters. I mean, Staley's and McGlinchey are two of their best players. Juszczyk is like kind of this engine that makes their thing go. And even Weatherspoon, it'd be one thing, well, he's a he's an outside linebacker or something. He was a starting corner, you know? Usually when you lose starting corners, that guy gets it's exposed. And they just really haven't skipped a beat at all. They're real they're Have you really seen anything well on Quan Alexander? Did I As what? we record here? Quan Alexander. Did you see any update on Chest him? Chest injury. You're, you were just you. I, I saw Twitter freaking out during the game, and you said, well, "Everyone's I, freaking out." I just saw him walking around. Why? Because I saw him on the uh, on the sideline. So you made me feel better. But but you're right. I mean, because Mayoko's right. Mayoko, because it looks as if Quan Alexander has his shoulder pads off and is sitting on the bench. Like I just saw him on the bench and talking with guys. To me, if you have tear your pack, you don't just come. You don't just take your pads off and then hang out there, do you? feels like usually that guy disappears. Or am I nuts? No, you might be right about that. Like, to me, maybe he just has, like, a deep chest bruise or maybe a broken rib or okay. something. Uh, but, man, you got to – the 49ers have some level of optimism, see, concerning linebacker Quan Alexander chest injury. injury. It was not diagnosed immediately as a torn pack, which would be season-ending injury. He will undergo an MRI on Friday to determine – so – so it still might be. He appears to have good range of motion. I, my, my, the thing that I refuse to put a red flag on, when you tear your pec, you do not come back out of the locker room. Like, J.J. Watt was gone for the game. I, I mean, we've seen it happen to countless players. You're just gone. Because that's a – I mean, you, I think you're in major pain. I mean, you're, you're fucked. Where he was just – when he was on the lock – I saw him smile when Richard was, like, yelling at someone, you know, for the – he might have been yelling at Fred Warner for the blown pass. Uh or was it was it E Man? E Man got a little greedy. I think he thought he could get a pick, another pick, and it was a little high. And then all of a sudden, you know, in, you know, in football, where there's a split second, you're like, oh, this is gonna be like a thirty yard gain, and then you realize, yeah. oh my god, he's gonna, they're fucked. Because when they both kind of overrun the angle, and then the safety right. was like two feet away from Richard. And then you realize, I don't know if there's another safety on the other side of the field. And then Jimmy's running for his life. That that was just – I give the Cardinals credit. That was a pretty just cool, explosive play. It was. No, it was. It made the game – in Bella. fairness, for an entertainment standpoint, it like made you kind of keep watching. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. I, I just – to me at the end, for all, there's all this stuff. This to me – I was just I've just been thinking about it as we've been talking – on Kyle, Jimmy Kyle, John, Kyle agrees I just, with this. 
Best game? They, they uh, Branch just tweeted out, Kyle and Jimmy. I thought Jimmy played a hell of a game. His best game yet, probably. Hashtag 49. I'll say it like this. To me, it felt like this was the game that we've been talking about, that he did it. Now, obviously, he didn't do it by himself, but it was the game where the defense did give up some big plays, and they did have to make throws. The running game was not going to win them the football game, and he did it. He did it on Thursday night. Him. He, the, he was the number one reason they won that football game. Completely, Jimmy Garoppolo. Completely agree. I, I thought he made some throws that were fucking remarkable. Like, if you're just – if you were watching, you know, Packers-Vikings and Rodgers said it, like, everyone everyone would be tweeting, like, Rodgers at it again. Rodgers slinging that pill, you know. And it, But Jimmy was getting some of that tonight. Like, I saw a lot of people tweeting, like, just the Lewis Riddicks of the world, the Peter King, like, Jimmy hashtag – you know, fire emojis type things because he's making throws that you don't that are just eye opening for football fans. You know, no, like like, just, Car- like Carson they're... said. You know, sometimes I think you and I and just people and I, a lot of people just I think not they don't think Jimmy's not good. They just they see these guys wide open, and if you just watch football all Sunday, you know that's not normal. You know, because the Niners. I think Carson said it perfectly. It's not just it doesn't happen just once a game, guy. It, it for the most part, especially on a full week, Kyle's getting three, four, five big plays wide open. You're like, this is this is a joke. I, people, someone tweeted at me tonight. They're like, why are these holes so big running the ball? I'm like, fuck, I don't know. I don't know how Kyle does it. I mean, he's in, he's, he's got Brunskill looking like uh, Anthony Munoz. I mean, they're just road grading. And it's not Haberman playing defensive end. It's Terrell Suggs and Chandler Jones, and they just have huge holes. Buda Baker was playing his ass off, though. I'll give him that. I mean, God, is he just Honey Badger all over again? That, that, I honestly thought he was Honey Badger for a split second. He wears 32. Was he that good? jumps in, at pile. Was he that good in Washington? Yeah, he was pretty good. Was that his style, like that type of guy? Just kind of frenetic, blowing I don't up. remember him making – I mean, yeah – I feel like maybe he was a little more kind of just buckled down on defense, maybe. You know what I mean? Like, almost like they didn't let him be quite that extreme, just everywhere all the time. But. So, they made the playoffs with John Ross, Pettis, Buda Baker, Kevin King, and Sidney Jones. Sidney Jones, yeah. So, they had an av- – and the Will Disley. I mean, they had an absolutely loaded team of pros, right? Couple offensive linemen. Am, am um, I missing someone? Is there a linebacker? No, I don't uh, think so. Vita Vea on that team. He would have been like a sophomore or something. Yeah, he would. Yeah, he would have been on that team. So, uh, so I mean, they were pretty stacked with like first and second round players. Yeah, and, and pretty good ones. Like you watch Buda Baker, you're like, well, that guy could play for any team. Well, yeah, I mean Byron Murphy that I. He's another one. Made that bid pass break up. Yeah. He's pretty physical, too. Um, he is. He is. Uh, I Honestly, guy, I left thinking, like, you know, I, I don't really hate this Cardinals team. <laughs> no, they're they're watchable. Big time. Do you, do you think – one thing I laughed about was once upon a time not that long ago. How did they win eight game straight games both, against the Niners? Isn't that kind of nuts? Uh, they were good. Well, I know, but just eight – that means four straight years of sweeping them. I know. 
once upon a time, there was an NFL game where both coaches wore suits. And tonight might have been the first NFL game where both coaches' ankles were exposed the whole, bro- the whole game. <laughs> both wear pants that did not cover their ankles and ankle socks or no-show socks in the case, I think. of Was Cliff, Cliff wearing the same like style it. pants as Kyle, like the same version for just no, the Cardinals? No. So Kyle wears the ones that have like the cuff at the bottom. I think. Well, Kyle wears like what <laughs> NBA players wear, like sweatpants. Yes, but they're you know they're just like you say cuffed, but they stop like a couple inches before your ankle. They look good Cliff if you're skinny. Wears regular pants, either not long enough to reach his ankles on purpose, or potentially rolled up. I'm not sure. I think they just might be intentionally not long enough to cover his shoe. When you're skinny like Kyle, it on it looks like he's dressed up. He's literally wearing sweatpants, right? Yeah, they, Freddie Kitchens is like, I can't catch a break. <laughs> I mean, they might not. We're, be, I'm wearing the same thing. They actually might be like, a, like kind of windbreaker material for Kyle's pants, or you think they're sweatpants like material? I no, I think there's like an in between now. They're like a kind of a dry luxury fitty. sweatpants. Yeah, yeah. dry fitty. Can you pull it off if you're chubby or short, or do you have to have that body type to pull it off? Because I see a lot of I, NBA I, players I, pull it off pretty well. Yeah, I think it's harder. I think but it's harder. Could you not, pull it? Uh, I have a pair, and I don't pull them off that well. Not exactly no, like Kyle's. I, they're a little older, like uh, they're joggers. I think that's what they're called, like joggers, yeah. right? Yeah. You're, I've never. I have not tried. Like if you were Probably gonna, won't. if you were gonna be like Rocky, and is it cold in New York right now? Uh, no, you know it's been raining, but it's like seventy degrees. So if it was like forty degrees, and you wanted to go for an outside jog, you would wear something like those. Do you think Kyle yeah, but it, works out, or is he just naturally kind of skinny? <laughs> I think he has a lot of energy to burn, yeah. Do you would, think Cliff, would you guess, um, would you guess do you think like he Cliff does has like slept in 30, 45 minutes on the elliptical every day? Because I'm not sure. I feel like he just... You think he just powers through? Does how he, would he stay skinny? Do you, think Cliff has slept, do you think Cliff has slept in the last three months? He looks pretty stressed out. I think oh he. I think he looks... We had the one guy. Did you notice the guy next to him with the, like the longer, scruffier hair? Kind of no. had. He kind of had like uh, the Alabama hair. Like it's really poofy. It's a guy that I remember always being next to him at Texas Tech. So it's clearly like one of his guys. Like, do, does he have a lot of guys on the staff? Like, you look around. Like Kyle's got NFL guys. I mean, do they have guys on their staff that? You know, can just be like, if I just walk up to one of them, like, give me the strengths and weaknesses on Emmanuel Sanders. Like, if I went to Andy Reid right now, and that's a bad example, but if I went to Robert Sala, I mean, a guy that hasn't been in the league that long, and I just say, hey, what are the strengths and weaknesses on player X, on just an offensive player around the league? Robert Woods or uh, Sammy Watkins. Like, he could rattle it off. When you just haven't done something, there is, like, you're just, when you're going to call Pac-12 games, you just have been doing the Pac-12 basketball games for a while. Like, you have a decent idea of the coaches that have been around. Like, you just know shit about them. Like, those guys just don't know, like, hey, Cliff, what's uh, – obviously, you're going to know Nick Bosa, but, like, do you know Buckner in and out? Like, what he's good at, what he's not – or even, like, Quan Alexander, who had, you obviously never coached against. He hasn't been in the division. Like, what's his deal? You, know, you like, ask Andy, what's – or Sean Payton or Bill Belichick. Like, what, what do you think Quan Alexander? Give me his strengths and weaknesses. They could do it like that. Now, that doesn't mean, like, they could give it to you the level of if they were playing them, but they would just know that there is a level right. of when, when you transition, I, I, I think it's, like, 
underappreciated how much information, just no matter how fucking smart you are, you're just not going to know. Like, think about how long Kyle's been in the league. That if you go, hey, Kyle, what are the strengths and weaknesses on every Buda Baker to Chandler Jones, even before they played him? He could give you a cliff note version of like, of just nerdy shit that I, you know, Scout might not even be able to tell you. Like, you know, he on certain things, on bootlegs, he's more likely to just stuff like that. He just can naturally go. So when he goes in the game plan, when he goes in, especially like this is a good example this week, where time is not your friend, that you can just lean on a couple things of like, yeah, we played him, you know, five years ago when he was in New England. He was he's been like doing this since this. Mm-hmm. Think think of the disadvantage. And honestly, I like like everything I've heard about Cliff. I think he's a high level guy. I don't know how good of a coach he is, but he's not like he's not like he looks. I don't think he's just chasing around women and partying. Now he might be chasing around women, but I actually think they chase around him. I think he's a grinder. But th- there is just it's going to be really difficult because by the time that maybe he can get this going, it might be too late, right? Like think think of how. Think of the uphill battle he's fighting. You know, just the nature of time's not really on your side. Now, the one thing he has going for him is they let him draft this quarterback, so they might just give him four or five years with the quarterback. But he just – the problem is that four-year rotation, you're playing a lot of different teams over those four years, right? So you're not seeing a lot of carryover. Like, Bill's Bill's been in the league for 40 years, 45 years. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's hard to get five years. I'm just telling. It's tell hard to get guy, four years without I worked in the NFL progress. for three years, and I scouted. Like I, all I was consumed with were the players. It is overwhelming how many players are coming in and out of the league, and keeping. It, it's crazy. Like it's it just it's hard, and he doesn't get to like think about them all because he's so laser focused during the week on that one team. Where like a new GM from you know, or that'd be a bad example, but just like whoever. You know, the Steve Kime hires a right-hand guy from college. He has time because every week he can look at whatever he wants. Where Cliff just, he's kind of laser-focused whoever they're playing, so it's not like he gets to keep track on everyone in the league. Or somehow Belichick, it feels like, watches every game. But because he just, like when Guy Haberman gets ready to call a game. It, he's more he's more efficient because he can, he can watch less and know what he's saying. I always go back to, yeah. you remember this, being in the green room at Comcast with um, Gary St. Jean, and you'd be sitting there with him. I'd just done Kings, and you'd just done Sports Talk Live and just hanging out or whatever. Maybe you're about to do some football stuff. And we'd be sitting there just BSing, and neither one of us would know what was happening in the game. Saint would be over there reading the newspaper. I would have not seen him look up for more than three seconds, and he would know everything that's happened. He just, you just, just more efficient, right? You can see the end of a play and know how it happened because you saw everything. You just see it. Well, think about this, and that's that, a good that, example because Saints just, been around the NBA. Incredible. Saints been around the NBA now for like fifty years. So in the he NBA's, doesn't have to see the whole elevator screen to know it was an elevator screen. But he also knows, like, if it's if you're playing a certain team and who the player is, he's seen that player so many times. Like, think about Cliff. One thing I don't think people realize is college coaches don't really get to watch NFL games because on Sunday, like, do NFL coaches just watch a bunch of, like, TV on Monday? No, they work. Like, college coaches Sunday is basically a normal NFL coach's, you know, Monday. So Sunday to them is just rewatching the tape, they usually have a you know a walkthrough. 
then they start game planning on their next opponent. Like, you're not a Texas Tech. I don't think he's spending much time watching NFL games on Sunday. He's just too busy getting ready for Texas or Oklahoma or, you know, going through shit he's got to do. He works. His, his transition, given that, like, if Lincoln got the job, the difference would be, well, it's Lincoln Riley. We're going to give him whatever he needs. Like, are they truly going to give Cliff whatever he needs? Like, is, is Steve Kime? I mean, God, Steve, you look terrible. Uh, I, I, honestly, he doesn't look healthy, guy. He, he doesn't look healthy at all, Steve Kime. It looks, it looks like he's put on another 50 pounds. And he's a big guy, but I, I, that picture today was like, jeez. Uh, Camera ads. It does, true. Very true. <laughs> is, is, is Steve Kime going to be there in a couple years? Like, that's where it could get weird. Yeah. Uh, one thing I know with Cliff and Kyle, really, two of the best, at least in terms of hair, manscaped coaches in the league. I don't know that, but their hair is always lined up right. And I know this, all our listeners, John, you have no excuse. You have no excuse not to be properly manscaped. No, you're not. 100%. And we all need to, uh, no matter who you are, I think it gets a little dicey down there. So you got to trim up. Manscaped.com, use a lawnmower 2.0 so you don't you don't clip the uh, the cojones. I, I do think when you're tall and lanky and skinny, and I think Cliff's just probably has limited body fat. Kyle might be one of those skinny, chubby guys, but still, like, not that chubby, but just not yoked. Is that you can wear, like, hair on your body better. Like, if I when I start getting, when I don't manscape my body, it's just not a great look. That's why I need to. I, I feel a lot skinnier when I trim, so that's why I use Lawnmower 2.0 that's, all over my that's body. A, that is a great call right there. When you go to manscaped.com, use the promo code HAM, you get 20% off, and you get free shipping. So, Manscaped, redesigned electric trimmer, skin safe technology, won't nick or snag, accidents, a thing of the past, plus maybe a, get the crop preserver, the anti chafing deodorant, moisturizer. 20% off, manscaped.com. Promo code HAM. Free Get shipping, it. too. Yep. Also, podcast brought to you by Box of Awesome. Oh. Uh, I've been on the road this week, just hanging with that with my canvas duffel. Good carry-on. Uh, really a nice piece. One of the many things we've gotten from Box of Awesome. You've got it, too. Boxofawesome.com. Promo code HAM. Love it, guy. Boxofawesome.com. Promo code HAM. 20% off. Here's the thing, is that... The average box of awesome is over $70 worth of value, but it only costs you $45. You can cancel at any time. They've sent us multiple things, knives, the bags, uh, whiskey preserver. Just go check it out, boxofawesome.com. It really is pretty cool. Uh, And use the promo code HAM. They send you an email, too, five days out. It shows you what's going to be coming. So you don't, you know, you I don't want that, or I want that in a different color, you don't end up with you're not returning stuff you don't want. It's very easy. Nope. You can skip it if you don't want it. So it's it's awesome. Open up your uh, open up your horizons a little bit. Do it. Uh, Cleveland Farrell was drafted before or after Josh Allen, forty one Jags. Uh, when they get Cleveland Farrell, the sixth round, seventh, fifth round, uh, fourth, fourth, fourth. Take off the word pick? round and fourth take off the word pick? round, and you're close. I mean, it's one of these things. This is honestly one of the reasons this game for the Raiders is so big. That because once, if they lose to the Lions this week, and I, I think there are, are they a one and a half point? I saw, two, I saw a two point under two. 
Yeah. Two-point favorite, sorry. The yeah, Raiders are our favorite. The Raiders are minus two at home. This is a big game. It's must win. If they don't win this game, the playoff race is over, and we start talking about other things, which I don't want to do. Um, and one of those things is going to be, well, being bad didn't make you better this year, and being bad might not make you better next year based on the draft. Um, and we would say we're two years in now, and it has been a failure to this point. That's the conversation we start having if they don't beat the Lions on Sunday. Well, I, I think the hard part is 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 like part of making progress is one thing to look kind of good, but the other thing is you're going into this new building. You don't really have that much star power on your squad besides the running back's good. Why can I trust that you just had the fourth overall pick in a pretty loaded draft and you needed a defensive end? And you probably had the biggest what-the-fuck pick since Blake Bortles. The Cle- Would you agree with that guy The Cle- in top five? Like Cleveland Farrell going top five was just like, what? Just because nobody saw it coming. And then he's been beyond Terry. I mean, he stinks. Someone asked me, do you think you could trade him right now? And I said, 100. he's not a tradable player. Because like Solomon Thomas, you, when, when you're not good and you make that much money, no one's trading for you. You know, he got overshadowed because Daniel Jones won a couple of picks later, and that was just such a high, a high profile. That's true. What the fuck pick, yeah, right? That's, that's true. It definitely got – Daniel Jones took a lot of the shine away. But I think it's coming back to life because Schefter and just – I saw, you know, Baldy and people are starting tweeting just because when you get seven, eight sacks as a rookie halfway through the season – People are just going to pay attention. Like, God, this guy's kicking ass. This guy's awesome. This guy's flying around. And you know what the Jags are? Not bad. And he's one of their better players. And what what was the reason that they lost to the Houston Texans? They couldn't sack Deshaun Watson. As, as someone I saw someone on Twitter said, if if it was two-hand touch, Cleveland Farrell would be an all-pro. But it's, it's tackle football. And he just – It's quite a line. He just can't uh, – he can't tackle anybody. You know, or excuse me, that was Arden Key. Arden Key, because in, oh, okay. in, in, in defense of Arden Key, he actually gets around the quarterback. He just he just can't take him down. Cleland is you know one of those just nowhere to be found. Arden in defense Arden's played better this year, but he just can't. He touches them, he just doesn't get them on the ground. But think about this guy. If they would have hit the, let's say they would have like. Bosa was off the board, but just got that type impact. They win that Houston Texans game, and they're four and three, and we're talking about them like maybe that line instead of two is four, and we're thinking, geez, are the Raiders about to be five and three? Right. Would you? And how about this guy? Five and three going into a stretch that you feel good about. And and you'd be that team. I'd rather play the Bills and the Raiders, wouldn't you? I'm starting to make the argument if they had Josh uh, Allen, you know, and just I'm just I'm just throwing oh, it out. Oh right, there. right, right. Yeah, you know, you, you yeah. would just hear some of that, like, well, Derek is can be potent. I'd rather I'd take my chances against Josh Allen. But the, right, the, and you'd also be saying, well, you know, that Khalil Mack trade. As much as we'd love to have Khalil Mack, okay, this is maybe this guy can be a percentage of what he was, and we got two other guys, and that's pretty damn good. We'll get Jonathan Abram back healthy, and Josh Jacobs is our best player, and we're in great shape. Think if you were just saying, well, this guy, yeah, he's probably never going to be Khalil Mack, but we got ourselves a D Ford. Like, well, you know, 
I still wouldn't trade a Khalil Mack, but hey, you got like you just said, it's it's hard to argue. You you guys, you know, got got younger guys, cheaper contracts. Instead, you got a way worse version of Solomon Thomas. Like that that to me is pretty devastating. I, I harp on it all the time, like, well, one of your guys is on IR, and you can say that's unlucky or whatever, but he plays like that, he's gonna get hurt. The other one though. You drafted him fourth overall. That, that that to me hurts, guy. That 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 really hurts. It would really. I mean, luckily they had three picks, so you know they they hit one, but it, it looks like they got a hit. They missed, and I like the way the guy plays, but I, I think it's a major question mark. Not that he's not. I mean, it's clear Jonathan Abrams an NFL player, but just that style. Can you stay healthy? That that to me is a legitimate question mark. Like if Cleveland just. Is Cleveland one of those guys we're talking about cutting in three years? And then Oof. and then Mayock's talking about, yeah, we just valued character too, you know, blah, blah, blah. I think we've seen enough of Mayock's boards, though, that really high in the draft, he usually leans talent. You know, he's not – you don't see many of his boards and seeing like overachievers really high. You know, that's, that's where it feels a little like a Gruden slash Paul Gunther. And, and maybe Mayock got talked into it. Because you'd say the one thing while Mayock's making his boards, he's making the board just kind of by himself. He doesn't have to answer to, like, the defensive line coach, right, or the defensive coordinator. And we're all human, so if Paul's like, I love this guy, and you're like, well, I kind of like this guy too. Because the one thing you know Mayock does value is the pedigree and the program and Clemson. So maybe he just, yeah, I would have taken this guy, like, 15 to 25. But I know Gunther likes him, and we couldn't trade, fuck it. But then you learn, like, you can't do that. That's when you you get devastating picks. It, it cripples you. I, I, that, that would be my theory right now. He he liked the guy. He obviously loved the character, loved the pedigree, wanted no part of him at four. Paul Gunther's just banging on his door. and he Wanted to trade back. Couldn't. Yeah, he's in Gruden's ear. Gruden's just like, I love this guy too because this guy loves him. And it's just a disaster. Because a credible person told me that Mayock's favorite player in the fall was Josh Jacobs. And, I mean, he's been money. He's been awesome. And he, I think, you know, Gruden's even told the story. He, like, he ran into his room, told him about it, like, after the National Championship game. It's, like, his favorite player. And then Gruden fell in love with him. So, I, I Mayock clearly has pull when it comes to the draft. But yeah. the Cleveland Farrell one reeks of something a little weird. Do you agree on that one? Yeah. Because of how left out of left field it was, too. Like, there were so many defensive linemen, no one was really talking about him. And then they took him. I, I, I wonder if they felt like this is the perfect guy for us to draft at, at nine and couldn't get to nine. Right. They couldn't, they couldn't get out of the four spot. Well... And, if if they had been drafting later, it would have been one of those. Okay, like, hey, that's when you draft wherever they wanted to be drafting. They took a guy with a high floor. We thought that's the problem, though, John. The problem's not that he's not Khalil Mack. The problem is we thought he was at least not a low floor guy. We didn't think he had a high ceiling, but we thought he was somewhat of a just solid. The problem is they haven't really gotten that. That's. What feels like hurts. Well, this is where you start getting crushed, right? No one pays attention to Solomon Thomas 
being invisible tonight. No one even gives a shit. You know why? Because you're all we're talking about is like, God, is, can D Ford outrun a receiver? <laughs> you know, can, can is uh, can Eric Armstead just puke and then start dominating again? God, Fred Warner. You're just talking about all these other guys. No one even cares. But when, like you said, you lose this week, you're three and five. Are you headed toward a five and eleven, six and ten season? You kind of nitpick that stuff. Now, would you call beating the Lions a good, an impressive win? Yes, I would too. And Given if they that win you this just game, won the road forever, it, it would be an impressive win. Then that means they'd be four and four, and yeah. I'd say of their four wins, three of them would be really impressive. I would just say four and four on the surface, given even if you just close your eyes before the season and you didn't know who they were going to beat or lose to, you'd be like, that would be incredible. Once you knew Antonio Brown was off the team and, you know, shit was going wrong and the road trip, that would be an incredible accomplishment. I would say three and four, the difference between three and four and five, or three and five and four and four is so big because then your margin for error in some of these games down the stretch that if you do lose it you can go you know six and ten fast you know you go four you go four and four like you'll probably just end up at like seven and nine that feels okay not okay but at least you're not a joke like six and ten you're kind of lumped in with the other shitty teams you can say all you want like oh we're improved you're still six and ten you know like that's six and ten is ugly no matter how it looks that's a lot of losses and then, you know, like you're playing the Jags. You're playing – you saw a lot during the week. Here's the other problem with the 3-5. and five. Well, then you're just – you got a Thursday night game. And, yeah, the Chargers are a weird team, but who are you at 3-5 and five to just think you're going to beat the Chargers, right, and beat Rivers? I can't, I can't say that, can you? That's the other scary no. thing about this game is like 3-5 and five, if you lose – you lose the Lions, it can turn into three and six by Friday. <laughs> right, that's true. Now, it could, but it, but to me, if, if you're, th- if you're three and five, yeah. I, look, if they're three and five, I'm not the Chargers thing. It's it's just going to be too. I think too hard, and that I think it's going to be too hard to climb out of that hole. Now that said, the other yeah, to your point, what you're about to say it goes the other way too. All of a sudden, in a week, you're five and four, or yeah, five and four. Then we're all, then they're alive. Still, still not they're alive, battle, and they're, they're alive. With Cincinnati coming to town, they'd be in pretty good shape then. But Cincinnati coming to town at three and six doesn't mean shit, right? It uh, correct. <laughs> yeah, that means nobody's paying attention. Is what that means. The that means the Coliseum's not getting a proper farewell tour. That's probably true too. Because their last three home games are pretty uninspiring. What is it? Bengals, Titans, Jags. God, they got That's what people don't realize is after that Bengals game, they play – I shouldn't say people don't realize it, but here's something to know. Four of their last six games are on the road. How do they play so many road games, guy? It's really baffling. It, it Doesn't it feel – if you're like, what are the Raiders? They get eight home games, eight away games? No, actually, they gave the Raiders three home games and uh, and thirteen away games. That yeah, don't, I don't. It's the first time in NFL history, but it happened. That's really what it feels like. If you told me they got eight home games, honestly, I mean they legitimately have seven. It does not feel like they had seven home games, does it? I guess we're gonna get two here in four days. It feels won. like they've played two. 
they're going to play two more, and then they're going to play two more. It feels like six. Yeah, it does. They got they got jobbed. They got jobbed. But they really have three coming up. Three in a row. Now the you're gonna the Coliseum. You're gonna be a little Coliseum overwhelmed though, because you're gonna get you're gonna get six hours in a four day stretch of the Cali. And the Thursday night game is a standalone game, right? So it's just everyone's gonna be watching it together on Thursday night. That's true. I just I just win this game. I this is a Josh. Is this a Josh Jacobs game? I, it feels like it is because you just for two reasons, right? The Lions are giving up 130 yards a game on the ground, and like you pointed out in the last pod or a couple, maybe it was a few pods ago. Matt Stafford, 16 touchdowns, four picks. Like, you just want to keep the ball away from him against your defense. So, would you take over and under three and a half touchdown passes from Matt Stafford this game? Well, I mean, he's... Uh, yeah, I would... I, maybe at three. I might so, take the so under. So, if, if you say, okay, you if, if they're able to hold him to under, three or under, you'd be like, they got a chance. If I tell you he has four or more, you'd be like they're in trouble, right? Well, then it's not. Then it can't be a Josh Jacobs game anymore. That then it has to be Derek not making the mistakes he made against the Packers, right? But I do think, like just last week, you saw Derek. They've been throwing around pretty well. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. It's just he, then he's going to have to be the one to go make the plays. Yeah, because you can't just control the clock if you're down. You know, twenty-eight to twenty, you just got to keep scoring. Now, I, I one thing I'll give Gruden credit for. And Kyle's pretty good at this too, but Kyle's not in this situation a lot this season. Gruden has been. Gruden does not like abandon the run when they're down, because I mean mainly because their best player is twenty eight. They just keep they 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 kind of stick to it, and it works. And then they're able to hit some pl- big plays off that. This is this is a good bad game. Now, would I like this game if you and I like were lived in New York? I, I wouldn't care, but for us, like that. You know, it's hanging by a thread to keep the Raiders still interesting. I, this is not a terrible watch. For, no, for but you know, that, people, like, people, you know, non-Chiefs or some sweet team. But people who've listened to this to us for a while know that we do. There's just a sneaky Matt Stafford appreciation on the show. I'm a big Matt Stafford fan. Well, Gruden is. Gruden loves him. Remember just the Gruden Monday Night Football games with Stafford over the years. Like he would always rave about him. I think most. I, I mean, Derek. I mean, Derek's kind of the poor, poor man's version of him. You know, he's not quite as big. He's not quite as strong. doesn't quite have the arm, but he just plays. I mean, I, maybe their styles aren't really as similar as they were. Derek was playing like him, like in his MVP season, just kind of gunslinging. I, I don't know if mm-hmm. tw- does Twitter consider Derek a gunslinger anymore? I don't think so. <laughs> no, I don't think so either. What about Jimmy? Is he considered a gunslinger? I think he's getting there, man. What, what, Wait, Kyler, I think he's getting there. Kyler Gunslinger? He will, I, he know, will sling I mean, it. Yeah, he did, well, he's, he, his throwing motion, it, it, it does feel like a little bit of a sling, doesn't it? And the ball just is a rocket. Do you think he would have made the big leagues if he would have gone pro in baseball? <laughs> the more I watch him play football, the more I think he was a big leaguer, yeah. How would he not have? The thing is, just got to hit. Yeah, like being that no great athlete doesn't hit, mean but. shit when Scherzer's fucking looking at you. But I think, the, but one thing was the A's clearly just saw they didn't see a NFL quarterback necessarily, but they saw something in him, and clearly 
there was something in him that we didn't know was there before that senior before that junior year at Oklahoma started. Right. If like he, is what the A's saw partly something that wasn't just a baseball thing, it was just a him thing. Like if if let's say he could hit and he made the big leagues in a couple years, is he immediately the best athlete in the big leagues? At least one of them, right? Yeah, I mean Trout still pretty special but he'd be right there toe yeah he's one of them just speed explosion did you see did you see that segment on thursday night football when they showed halloween costumes with brady pictures photos yeah yeah but did you see the yeah but the ciara but the best one was they only had it up for like a millisecond and it was like an assistant trainer from the was it the Packers and Jimmy Graham? That Did was, you see that? Oh, I saw. I saw the Jimmy. It got retweeted on my timeline. They went to like Aaron Judge and Jose <laughs> Altuve. <laughs> they went to like the the local fucking uh, like little league place and shot that. I'm, That's I'm fun. looking it up on my phone now just because I just want to see it again. I oh. did. I honestly didn't know. I thought someone. It just went viral because it looked like those two. I didn't realize till I saw later that it was Jimmy Graham. I had no clue who the other guy was until Joe Buck or Troy said that it was the assistant trainer. That that's pretty funny. I'm looking at the photos <laughs> now. Would it be funny? Would it be as funny if like Green Bay was two and six, or are you able to pull it off when you're seven and one? Like, could, uh, could you still do that picture if you were just terrible? Like, would he take shit? <laughs> Because I think the moment you're really good and you do shit like that, everyone loves it. Because it, it yeah. is, it's incredible. Because for a split second, before you realize it's Jimmy Graham, it kind of looks like Aaron Judge, doesn't it? Totally. And and the other guy looks like Altuve. Like his face. What about Hopkins, uh, the Aladdin, the genie thing? Like that, the effort it must have taken him to put all that shit on. Is just how long do you think DeAndre Hopkins got ready in that costume? Are they on a buy? They they're not, they like how did he do this with a game in London? Did well, he I, take that photo no, preseason think, and then tweet no, it out? I, they, they threw a Halloween party because Deshaun and his girlfriend like it was a pretty serious Houston Texans Halloween party. I think it was like on Monday night, so like the players off day. I think a lot of these Halloween parties happen for on, for football teams like on Monday night. Because they know they can't throw one like Thursday or Friday. I was walking down the I saw, street. Did you read the uh, – Barrows wrote a good article that, of uh, credit card roulette that the defensive linemen for the 49ers play. So every road trip, and if they don't go on the road, they try to do it like every other week. They go to a nice dinner, all the defensive linemen and the practice squad guys. And then you play practice – you play credit card roulette for who pays the bills. But yeah. D, but D Ford said like, it sounds worse than it is. He's like, it's the day before the game. No one's drinking, so the bills aren't as crazy as you think. Even though you're at like Ruth Chris or whatever, it's because you, you have, mm-hmm. the alcohol takes bills to another level. But on one, they fucked with, they fucked with like one of the rookies. It was Solomon Thomas. It was like a twenty eight thousand dollar bill, but it was just because they told the guy to put on a bunch of alcohol there. It wasn't actually there. But like one DJ Jones says, he always freaks out because whenever his credit card's green, he's the only guy that doesn't have a black credit card with all these guys, 
And when the moment he sees a green, he just goes ape shit because he knows he's out of it. But it's just kind of funny that, that they play this. That's pretty great. These guys live in a different world. Because someone's like, God, the miles. Yeah. I saw just the, the comments on the athletic article were like, can you imagine the miles these guys get? I'm like, yeah, these guys are living in a different world than everyone else. They ain't worried about the miles. Yeah, they, they're flying private. Yeah. Um, so, speaking of the Packers being good, just a few of the, the games this weekend. There's actually two really good Pac-12 games because you've got the Fox back-to-back Saturday. Oregon USC follows uh, Washington and Utah. That's pretty. I don't have the college schedule in front of me. I don't know. Uh, let me see what the is. There a good SEC game this week? Uh, Maryland, Michigan, Oregon USC. Oh yeah, George. George. Yeah, Georgia, Florida is at twelve thirty Pacific. Cocktail party. Mississippi Auburn, not very good. Uh. Utah, Washington. No, it's a pretty shitty weekend. Fresno State, Hawaii. So I'm a sucker for that game. That's the, it's like the 11:30 kickoff at night. That's the Golden Screwdriver game. SeatGeek, if you want to go to one of these games. Yeah, big Golden Screwdriver game, John. Yeah, this, the college game, weekend's pretty shitty, guy. That game kicks off. I'm looking at it right now. It says 11:59 Eastern, Hawaii, Fresno State. <laughs> So the Boise Just San Jose State game midnight. is at seven thirty at night. So this game is an hour and a half later. This game doesn't kick off till nine o'clock at night on Saturday night. Well, because it's it's in Hawaii. What time do these guys get back the next day? Like lunchtime? <sighs> God, that, that's kind of bullshit, isn't um, it? Well, I mean, how do they not start it, that yeah. game earlier? I know. Pat Hill's furious. Um, just thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the NFL schedule is great, though. Because you get Chiefs Vikings. Uh, I got all these on Eastern Time, so it's throwing me off. But you got Chiefs Vikings in the morning, Pacific. Yeah. Colt Steelers. Did you have you seen the line on Colt Steelers? It was one and a half. Yeah. Colts. Yeah, I mean, do you kind of like Mason Rudolph and the Steelers at home? Maybe they just got some mojo. Well, the one thing I keep thinking is the Colts. Give good effort against good teams, but do you think they'll view the Steelers like a good team, or will they view them like just kind of an average team? Like, will they attack I, I them like? Ha- will they attack them like the Chiefs, or will they attack them like the Raiders? I think you got to attack them like they're the Chiefs. I mean, if they win that game, they're four and four. The Steelers. What? No, and I know the sudden, Steelers going to attack that game. I just do the Colts. No, no, who are six and two, right? Five and two. I'm just saying, if you're the Colts, you got to look at them like that team is a 500 team. Fuck yeah! And if they win this game, the other and thing, then Ben's going to miraculously heal. You would also know. Let's say the Texans you think? lose. No, uh, Ben's fucked. That was a, that was one thing. You don't Carson think Ben miraculously heals if all of a sudden no. the Steelers are in the mix? Carson kind of thought Ben might just like realize this rehab thing sucks. He's like, mm. you know, he might just by the end of the year. He's 37 years old. The rehab's going to be really hard. It's just harder when you're older with rehabbing. He thinks it's going to be a lot harder. I'm telling you, I noticed him on the sideline on the Monday night game. He already looked like he put on 20. Like, he's got a chance to be. Whatever he weighed in at August training camp, plus 50 by Christmas. Because what can he do? I mean, he's in the sling. He's screwed. He, and he technically doesn't have to do anything besides, like, rehab the elbow. Yeah. 
And there's no worse time to be unable to work out. Oh, it's freezing cold. He's just he's at the facility. It's just holiday eating season. Yeah, there's food everywhere anyway. So he's like, oh, I just I'll eat with Ramon Foster. What are you getting? <laughs> you know, the linemen are like, come sit with us. Um, oh, I already ate, but why not? <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing. You just there's that's a that's the worst part about football for non-players. That's why t- coaches tend to be chubby, is because they do these things they call snack. <laughs> I mean, you know, after dinner, but it's not like snack like. Oh, just like a like a granola bar. No, it's like chicken sandwiches and fries and then ice cream. That's the snack. You know what's the snack tonight? Oh, double cheeseburgers. <laughs> you know, like that, those are snacks for football players, which is cool if you like to eat. But you just it's hard when you don't have much discipline, like people like me or you. That you know, we see candy, we run to it. You give me a double cheeseburger, I'm not going to say no. <laughs> John, know? I've had ice cream probably 100 percent of the days. Now that I've been on this trip. How much food do you think you've consumed on the East Coast? I mean. A lot. A lot. Yeah. Uh, I would not fit in the overhead uh, compartment. I mean, I mean, you you live, though, to, you know, you got to live, right? You don't go to Philly and it's, New York to, like, eat salads. No. No. Uh, no. I We went to this place. For anyone that's in New York to eat, the place is called Emily. And they have grandma pizza, which is like the square pizzas, with great roni cups on top. What They're are known ro- for what this are double. Cups? It's just pepperoni, you know, when oh. they cup up. Oh, oh, oh. They're they're known for this double cheeseburger that comes on a pretzel bun, which isn't usually my style, but it tastes like uh, it's got like this. Uh, I don't even know. You you know you know those like Miss Snyder's pretzels that have like that orange dust on them and they taste like i don't want to say uh what are those things what is that flavor snyder's pretzels if i'm I'm looking it up anyway it's just just order it trust me i'm not even sure what it was you got the pizza and you got a double cheeseburger on a pretzel roll that's that's uh that's correct yeah Like, did you order slices of pizza or a pizza and the burger? It's a, it's a square pizza that comes in eight slices. Gotcha. So what? So two if, of those. If you were doing like a Portnoy pizza review, what rank would you give it? It was really good. Like, I mean, would it, it was be like over an eight. Yeah, because it had honey on. It was a pepperoni chili honey. What type? So it had a little we sweet, t- little spicy. How'd you find out about this place? Just Google. Now, just I, somebody who I know came to New York for some visits. Uh, Famous person? Got, got me to send me her boyfriend's list because he lives in the area. He hit me up with a list. Is he a famous person? And it, no, no. But he knows his shit. Just eats a lot. And he's been nails with his recommendations? Yeah, it's a, a lot of places that were hard to get into, but I got into that place. Do you think, would you so. say in your short time, Philly, now New York, you know, because I would say San Francisco, right? It's right up there known as the best food, you know, in, the, in America. Would you say we can go toe-to-toe with them or they're a little better? Uh, toe-to-toe. So you think we can hang? Barrier? Yeah. Definitely. But their food's damn good too. Yes. You put New York, Philly. Who? What would be your? Uh, I know you New would. York. I'd go. Yeah, New York. Yeah, fair. 
a uh, couple other games here. What about the Bears? Sunday night on the, fire. Well, the Bears at Philly. Do you think the Bears can win, or are they just screwed? Um, they can win. I mean, why can't they beat the Philadelphia Eagles? Well, I, mean, they I know could. the Eagles are good, but no, I'm, I, I think it's a very winnable game. That's minus four and a half or five. I got five. Yeah, it was earlier today. Uh, this is a really good Sunday. Um, even Titans Panthers is kind of intriguing. Uh, Bucks Seahawks. No, you convinced me that Browns Broncos could be fun if Denver wins. Well, the, the only thing Packers, on Bucks Chargers. Seahawks though, guy, is Seattle needs to handle business, right? Because losing yep. that game, then you be like. The urgency on the Monday night game would be a little different. Then the Niners are basically just worried about the Saints and the Packers because they'd have a three-game lead on both the Rams and Seattle. So yeah, they could lose that game. They still have a two-game lead on them. Like this game, this game for Seattle, I want Seattle to win because I want this Monday night game to mean a lot. Yeah, like, I think I know you already. If you want this Monday night game to be big, you want Seattle to win, and this. It's one of those, to me, like you just gloss over it, and I'm with you. I glossed over it. Everyone does. But it's just, I, I, would you be shocked if, like, Saturday you look up and you're like, God, are they tied going in the fourth quarter in Seattle? No. It's got one of those it feels kind of like that Browns game. Yeah, it's just got a weird feel to it because it just seems like, oh, it's, Seattle's going to fucking kill them. Hope they do, but I don't know. Uh, Sunday night, man. Do you think Lamar Patriots can give them a game? I hope so. I don't know. I hope so, but I don't. I'm. I'm. This Patriots are favored by three. It feels like they're gonna. First of all, it's on the road for them. <laughs> Isn't that pretty nuts? Like the. It's not like the Ravens are five hundred. I mean, they are five and two. You know, and they got a pretty. Expl- it shows you. Like, I think New England's good. Yeah, I. That that line feels I just, a little crazy to me. I just feel like this is a game the Patriots should be up for. Because well, I'm sure they've been hearing all about the Ravens. Well, I think they're going to be up for it. But I just mean, don't the Ravens, historically, they're the one team like, oh, they're not scared of the Patriots. Because like, I've heard that a lot this week. Like, oh, the Ravens are just ready for the Patriots. Yeah, I mean, that, like Ray Lewis, Ed Reed, like Flacco, Anquan, Ray Rice. Like, the, those guys are long gone. Like they're they're rolling out like Suggs. Lamar and Willie Sneed, you know, and I, I like Willie Sneed, but there's just they got Earl Thomas on their team now, you know, they're because that that is just that was always a narrative for like ten years. That was the one team that wasn't scared, you know. Indy was always a little intimidated, Houston's always intimidated, the Chiefs not necessarily intimidated. They just can't beat them, but the Ravens are like they could. They, Harbaugh's fucking takes them out. Well, yeah, this this team to me is dramatically just different than like five years ago. Yeah. So, like you said, sucks. I mean, they use check. I mean, they just, they've had a lot of premium players retire and just leave and just get old. I, I would. Uh, I, I'm not the biggest Lamar guy, but I wouldn't mind Baltimore. The game just being good. I'm with you. Let's tell the people about SeatGeek, where good seats are available by the moment. I actually was thinking about hitting a. Thought about hitting the show. It didn't work out in the schedule, but I could have jumped all over the Book of Mormon or something else, Aladdin, I don't know what, on SeatGeek, on Broadway, wherever you are. Is Hamilton, the is Hamilton still out there? Uh, Probably. I would like to see Hamilton, I just saw, to say I saw it. Yeah, 
Yeah, I understand. SeatGeek, that's where you start, Middlecoff. Promo code HAM, 10 bucks off. Well, think about this. You want to go to a, uh, uh, a Sacramento King game or Warriors game? We keep saying it every, every show, but they're getting easier and easier. Luke Walden, they haven't won a game. They lost to the Bobcats. The Warriors have won a game, but we're, I'm sure we'll get into their Steph Curry is long gone now, and their team sucks. So those Chase prices, people paid $2 million for that bunker at Chase. Uh, maybe someone will put those on SeatGeek for about a quarter of the price. So check out SeatGeek for everything of your needs, comedy, shows, you name it, they got it. Promo code HAM. Big green dot. You know who I saw the other night was Colin Quinn. Was he funny? Saw him at, at the Comedy Cellar. Oh, so funny. <laughs> God, he's funny. Was he crossing some lines? Uh, uh, no. He wasn't crossing lines, but he was just phenomenal he had a great one of his things was that he thinks two things about social media one nobody should be allowed more than 300 followers because anytime in history anyone has tried to gather more than 300 people they've been up to no good <laughs> and That's and you should only idea. be allowed you should only be allowed 10 t- 10 tweets a week because as he said even copernicus didn't have 10 great ideas a week <laughs> no he didn't say copernicus he said he said confucius confucius Sometimes when I'm uh, on the ease.com promo code ham, I'll realize my tweets like, Matt Breda's a baller. And I'll think, John, that's the, like, why, why? yeah, everyone's thinking that on their account. Why are you tweeting that? But it, when I'm sober, I always feel like my tweets are really good. And then sometimes I'll be a little stoned. And, and I'm sure I'm like Colin Quinn, like, what? No one gives a fuck, John. Everyone's thinking this. You're an idiot. He, he might be onto something. <laughs> Uh, all right, big green dot. Real quick here because uh, it's uh, it might be one thirty Eastern time. Yeah. Um, Is your wife trying to sleep while Steph- you talk? About two feet away. <laughs> <laughs> At least she, uh, she gets to hear Steph- all your takes. Yeah, but Steph Curry did break his hand, and uh, John, the race for the number one pick is on. I'm looking at a. Um, actually, it's really the race for the number two pick because the Kings are zero and five, but. We've got like an eight-way, nine, twelve-way tie with one-win basketball teams right now, and boy, it feels like the Warriors are gonna. Other teams might win a couple more games, and they're gonna hang on strong there. Do you at think, this rate, do you think if you're gonna lose a guy for like two or three months, the best possible injury is the broken hand? Because looking him tonight in his uh, in his Toy Story outfit, it looks like he's in pretty good spirits. So. He, ACLs and Achilles are devastating. This is this seems like ah oh, no big deal. He just gets to miss a couple months and just kind of mail it in. Like it's is this the all time mail it in season where Steph's cool with mailing it in. Draymond, you were in New York. His game against the Phoenix Suns was just and I don't totally blame him. But once you get you paid don't think a, I watch Suns Warriors, John? But you get paid a hundred million dollars. I mean, again, I had it on second TV and was barely paying attention because it was. A I joke. went to the local Suns bar here in New York. His effort level was beyond piss poor, and as and I think Marcus tweeted last night, he's going to walk into Chase tomorrow and just start screaming my neck, my back until someone helps him. Uh, it's it's a disaster, <laughs> and it's it's funny and all, but I I keep getting back. I was listening to Marcus and Ethan and Tim did an emergency pod today. And Ethan told the story that last night he looks over and Nick Friedle is talking to Joe Lacob. And they're having a serious conversation. 
and all of a sudden, or maybe Marcus was telling the story, and Lacob goes, what did you say? What word did you say? And you could what? tell Fredell told, I mean, not, I mean, it wasn't that loud, but he was, what did, what did you say? And he said the word tank. And, and he's like, because Fredell was basically asking, like, is it cool for you guys to tank now? And I think Joe kind of freaked out. And then <laughs> Ethan talked to him like five minutes later and tried to get him to go on record and just say something positive. Because he's like, well, your coach is shitting on your team, Joe. Like, you, you, your fans think that no one gives a fuck. And Joe's the one guy that kind of does care. You know, and again, I, we all get it. Their team's gonna suck, but this a little—it's—it's it's different than Jed because they have injuries. But I, and I get some of these people are so rich that it's not that big of a deal. But there are some people there that spend a lot of their money that might not—you know—if they spend a hundred grand, yeah, they may be worth, may make five, six hundred grand, whatever, because you have to make a lot of money to buy plate seats there. But how, how are you going to leave your home to go to a game in, like, March when they're fucking 30 games under 500, guy? This is not what Joe had envisioned. Is it? I mean, well, obviously for, it's luck, not, but... No, luckily for him, the, I think it's paid for. Uh, and I'm not, I don't, that's not a joke. Like, I mean, you know, luckily for them, it's paid for. But... yeah. It, it does feel like but don't you take pride it could be in like your, a like Levi's consumer services, no, right? Totally. No, yeah, I'm not even being funny. I'm just saying, like, yeah, it does feel like it has a chance to become kind of the the first year elite. Not, I mean, probably more like the second year of Levi's, right? Um, the first year of Levi's, they went eight and eight, and it, yeah, it wasn't as yeah. And, Har- and Harbaugh was still there. Now the difference is you can still sell. Like, look, Steph's coming back. But really, it's more about Clay's coming back next year. To, to and me, I did see, correct yeah. me if I'm wrong, part of the Joe quote was like, well, you know, maybe there will be some long... We look short-term, mid-term, and long-term. Maybe there will be some long-term benefits here. Kind of... It, it, I, I think I read that correctly. Kind of saying like, well, you know, in the end, maybe it gives us a chance to reload. Um, like, to me, it's not just that they're bad. It's that now you just... Who... If I'm... What... This team was so star-loaded where you could load manage and still have two or three all-stars on the floor. Yeah. And now it's the third youngest team in the league, and it's, I mean. To me, the thing that jumps out. It is pretty crazy, the, the injury stretch. One, well, I, I think our, our guy Lund tweeted last night in the last six games, Kevin, Achilles, Clay, ACL, Steph, broken hand in a six-game stretch. Now, obviously, it's two different seasons. There was a moment there where Draymond left the opener. He also hit the ground yesterday. And it's hard to tell if he's, like, in Jalen Ramsey mode. Like, do I even want to fucking do this? <laughs> Steph, before he broke his hand, it also rolled his ankle. So, it was it was holding on by a thread. My thing, though, guy, is one thing to talk about it. Like, oh, we're just going to develop the Pascals and all these randoms. And D'Angelo let him just kind of roll. It's cool to say that, and then you flip on the television, or I can't imagine being there, and they're down 30 in the first quarter against these teams. And you know, like, you can talk about tanking and everything. Like, the one thing Miami Dolphins, they still playing hard. You're like, well, the Warriors are just a double whammy. They're, they're terrible, and they're not even playing hard. They are getting boat raced. Like, it, it's – they are getting destroyed. So – what happens in a couple months when you're just getting rolled every night at Chase 
and you can just you can keep saying, "Oh, we're just developing." And that's true, but it sucks. It really sucks to watch. And that's why I don't think people will. I mean, I just think people will tune out. I think there are going to be some nights if they, you know, if they have a season where they win, let's say 20 games, 25 games. And it just speaks to how rich these people are. I mean, I, you, me, people listening. I mean, I ain't relating to the people in like the lower bowl of Chase. I imagine a large majority are millionaires, right? Big millionaires. They just won't go. You know, are, are they spending extra effort to like send, sell their tickets on the secondary market, or are they just empty? It's a good question. I, I would imagine, I like. If you let's say your ticket's five hundred dollars a game, it's not that hard. You, it's easy to see geek, you know, promo code ham, get it on there. Even if you can sell it for, you know, thirty percent of the value, you're still making something. So you might as well. It's so easy to do that now. So you probably are. And that's where like, oh, is that is that Haberman and Middlecoff in the third row? Yeah, they made they made a hundred dollars to see the Clippers. You know, you think that's we get where, courtside. I, I mean. Should we start a GoFundMe to get us courtside? Well, <laughs> it might not take that many people. No, it would. It's not a terrible idea, guy. Because if they are a twenty-one no, team, don't you think we'd get pretty damn close for relatively cheap? What, like when Simmons was a Clippers fan. The problem is, like you said, they're already bought, and the price points are so extreme that it's hard to be like, "Well, I pay fifteen hundred a ticket. I'm going to give this to you for two hundred dollars," right? Let's just see Monday against the Jazz. Yeah, it's twenty three hundred bucks on the floor. Yeah, it's gonna be a tough one. But I, I'd even I'm cool just going lower bowl like something you know under like row F you know so relatively close. Lower bowl right now still the cheapest ticket looks like it's one fifteen on a corner. Corner or lower game. bowl. Mm hmm. Who's paying that to watch a Stephless Warriors team? Do you think they exist? The humans? Maybe it goes down by the time we... Just something to keep an eye on. We'll just keep keeping yep. an eye on that. We are keeping an eye on it. There's no doubt. Oh, well, you know what? These tickets are a little cheaper for the Sooner game, so maybe they'll just go down as time goes, goes on. You got any thoughts and prayers for Steph? <laughs> yeah, I hope you got some good candy. You know what, he has the, the, the he had the feel if you just look at some of his instances like, thank God, I don't even have to pretend to like these guys. Because it's crossed my mind, are they being kind of, like, is it kind of low level to not try hard? And then if you put yourself, like, if you were the highest level individual at your profession, and then all of a sudden, and I get it, like, you're getting paid all this money, gave you a bunch of scrubs, and whatever you do, it would be hard to maintain the same focus. Well, and I think you look at it like this is my first rest in like six years. Yeah, like what do I <laughs> like? Really everybody have to else do? around the league does this. That's true. I like just get to just take a season, you know. And you could argue just in the long term, keep making sure Draymond Green just is as fresh as he can be for twenty 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 one is good business. It's pretty good to be but, an NBA player where they're like, yeah, we just we're just gonna play like fifty games. You're like, well, do I still get my thirty million this year? Yeah, you still get your thirty million. You just just yeah, chill. We want to we want to rest you before you're tired. <laughs> that's that's big. As you text me about Kawhi, they're resting now before they even get tired. 
I mean, it's I, I, it's complicated, but it's not. It, at the, the most basic level, it's not good business. Like, I do remember going to a baseball game and Barry was out of the lineup one day. And it's like, well, okay, but your odds were pretty good if you went to three games. You would see him twice, minimum, if not three times, right? Like, Buster in his prime, you just might miss him. He's a catcher. But by and large, if you went to a few games and it was easier to go to baseball games because they're just cheaper, you're just going to see people. They played twice as many games, so it's like, all right, I can, I get it. You know what I mean? Like baseball, we don't call it load management. We just call it being reasonable because they don't have off days for weeks on end sometimes. Well, Guy, but basketball. I think anyone our age or older in Northern California can relate. If you went to a Warriors game or a Kings game in the 90s, you were going to see other players. Do you know what never crossed anyone's mind? You just, when you were a kid, 15 years old, and who was coming to play Sacramento? Well, every team comes. You would just circle the games you'd want to go to. Then you'd beg your parents or maybe one of your friends would get tickets and invite you, and you'd be like, yes, I get to go watch the Orlando Magic. They got Shaq. You'd be like, fuck yeah. You just knew he was playing. You'd be like, well, the Magic are coming. That means Shaq's on the team. He doesn't have a broken leg or anything. He's playing. If you're a guy now, like if you're a parent, and the kid's like, oh, the the Clippers are coming. You're like, well, well, son, uh, I can't commit till the day of, and really not even the day of, because sometimes they don't announce it till like lunch. Like I, I just have to wait. Is it the risk? Double whammy. If you, I, I got a couple people the other night were like, God, I bet on the Clippers, and then Kawhi just doesn't play. And two, what if you were in Utah and you had just bought the tickets to see Kawhi Leonard a week ago? Like that just sucks. Like it's. Colin talked about it. He had heard something that like ESPN was furious because that that game was on yesterday. Like that's hmm. th- it, this is this is not it's not March, guy. It's October. You know, you know what we should start telling fans is the same thing we say tell college athletes: don't commit to the coach, commit to the school. It's like, oh, okay, that's easy to tell an eighteen year old just being recruited hard by the coach. He just loves the trees. Oh, I just love the trees. My, my you know, thing is like Kawhi. Michi- Michigan in the fall. That's what I fell in love with. Like, I, no. And this is what I would say if I, was, the coach. if I was Adam Silver. Doc, you, you can't just play him 12 minutes. I mean, fuck. You can't just have him dress and just start the game. I, you can manipulate it any way you want. But just to say, yeah, he's just out rest. Well, I know he's not hurt. The season fucking started a week ago. That, that's a slap to in me, the only. Face. Yeah, well, the only way if the if every TV network bids less in the next round of TV deals, and the cap goes down even further from China cap, but Kawhi's uh, like, well, then I'm, people I'm, like, I already got rich. Yeah, it's too late. So like, then the next Zion won't do it. Yeah, but the reality is Zion actually might need to load manage because he's always hurt. It's true. I watched him tonight. I was like, oh, the Pelicans are on. I'm like, oh, yeah, there's Zion in a Gucci shirt on the sideline. But at least you know he's like a torn knee. Like me, too, but I play through it. (laughs) All right, on that note. Okay, good night. It's almost 2 in the morning your time. Sorry. See ya. Later. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. 
To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.